Welcome to Travel Worth Living, a travel podcast helping to share adventure stories from around the world. My name is Seth, and I'll be your host today as we get to talk with a girl who grew up in Colombia, spent several years in the United States, and is now embarking on a new adventure in Iceland. Her passion for soccer, or football, has created most of her travel experiences, and I'm excited to help share her story here on the podcast. She shares a lot of cultural nuances she has noticed between living in a developing country and living in the United States. She has played soccer nearly her entire life, and while still in Colombia, her team participated in the 2012 Women's World Cup Under-17 inauguration game, during which she scored a goal and made an assist, securing them a win for that game. Before we get into today's conversation, though, it is time for our travel trivia. Today's guest, Gabby, was born and raised in the bustling city of Bogota. Bogota is the capital of Colombia and boasts a population of nearly 8 million people. It is located at 8,660 feet above sea level, so not only is the air more difficult to breathe in, the temperature also stays relatively cool year-round. Bogota enjoys a subtropical highland climate with little seasonal temperature variation and an annual average temperature of 58 degrees Fahrenheit. In 2013, UNESCO named it the City of Music due to the numerous festivals held there throughout the year. As Colombia is the third largest coffee producer in the world, freshly brewed coffee is not hard to find in Bogota. And if you're planning a visit to this beautiful city anytime soon, be sure to brush up on your Spanish as it is the city's official language. And with that, let's go ahead and dive into today's conversation. Gabby, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks, Seth. It's really nice to be here and I'm happy to be sharing my experiences with you. Yeah, let's go ahead and get started. Uh, just tell me a little bit about yourself. Tell me uh, who you are, where you're from, so we can get to know you. Well, I was raised in Bogota, Colombia, uh, which I really, really enjoyed. Um, not just like the city in general, it's the capital, so it's obviously a metropolitan city with a lot to do, but also like the whole surroundings, the countryside is really, really cool. There's so much, like so much to do around. So I really enjoyed that uh, growing up. In the last five years, I've been living in the U.S. Um, I got a scholarship to attend university um, for uh, to play soccer. I attended Louisiana State University and American University in D.C., uh, which were two very different uh, perspectives that I got from the U.S. Uh, going to those places. It was just like a great experience to see the U.S. both and like the uniqueness of Louisiana and then the interesting side of dc and how multicultural multicultural it is and it was just a really nice experience um so obviously i've played soccer throughout my whole life and i it's what i love it's what i like to do i i can talk play and like just everything soccer wise i love it's your lifelong passion yeah Um. totally so before we get into your story i'd like to talk a little bit more about colombia and i uh, what was the name of the city that you were born in? Bogota. Bogota. Or, or Bogota. Bogota. <laughs> or wow, Bogota. That, is, that is very difficult to say. That's really cool. So that's the capital of Colombia. How many people yeah. live there? It's the capital of Colombia. It's a pretty big city, actually, um, in terms of um, population. And um, it's also really, really dense. Uh, there's like 8 million people, I would say. Around eight million. Oh, wow. It's gotcha. really, really big, yeah, in in size and in population. Um, one one of the big, biggest in South America, I think. 
Uh, okay, it's also wow. pretty high up in the mountains. So every time I go back, uh, it's like two full days where I'm like hardly breathing. It's really, really hard. And it's also interesting that uh, the weather for most of the year is kind of like what fall is in the States in most really? places. Yeah, uh-huh. it's it, people would think being like in Colombia and in the tropic, it's pretty warm. But since it's uh, so high up in the mountains, we have uh, pretty good weather uh, year round. It's the same same weather year round. There's no seasons when you're in the tropic, and since we're so high up, uh, it's pretty cool. <laughs> Got you. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. I would have thought it was it would be hot. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not hot at all. <laughs> and where weather weather? Man, where are you in relation to the equator? Uh, so I'm a bit above. Okay. A bit above the equator, yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting. So what is, what is the, does the culture kind of change between the metropolitan area of Colombia and kind of the countryside? Yes, what is kind totally. of the culture that you grew up in there in the city? Totally. Well, I, growing up, uh, I, we also have to note that there's like very big income and like social inequalities in Colombia. So obviously uh, living in the city and also, uh, I'm also really thankful that my family is uh, pretty well off uh, in terms of like Colombian socioeconomic status. So I lived mm-hmm. with a lot of commodities and opportunities that many other Colombians don't. Uh, living in the countryside, living especially in many towns near the Pacific or the Atlantic coasts, uh, the culture is really, really different. Like in, in Colombia, you can really travel like. 30 minutes in any direction and uh, like have a completely different perspective of life. Um, things are really, really different if you live in the city or in a small town. I got to learn a lot about this. Uh, as I played soccer, I traveled a lot inside the country, uh, got to meet girls that played like from all over the country. And it was then when I realized how like my reality is like, a city girl kind of is not really what Colombia is exactly. Uh, It's just like a small percentage of the population that gets to live the way I live and gets to experience life the way I I do. So when I playing soccer was when I actually got to meet all these people that like lived in my same country. Some of them lived maybe like 30 minutes away from me and lived a totally different life. It's so interesting when you first get that realization that as a kid, you know, oh, everybody's life is not like mine. My normal is not everybody else's normal. Totally. Yeah, it's kind of eye-opening. And it's really good to have that perspective and to realize that not everybody deals with the same things you do. And it helps you relate to people in, in better ways. Yeah, and it was really nice because we were really different and I saw how our lives were really different. But at the same time, we were all there doing the same thing, kind of like we were all we all wanted to play soccer. We were, we were all part of the same team, kind of like a small little family. We we're very, very close. So we were really different. And it's like eye opening to see that. But at the same time, seeing that they're also like girls that are also going to school, that have the same problems you have, that are living the like ups and downs of life the same as you are, just from a different perspective. Yeah. So transitioning into soccer, what, what got you into soccer? <laughs> well, my family is like really big into sports. Like we all do sports. We all have played at very high levels. Uh, some of my cousins are like professional water skiers. Uh, one of my aunt went to played golf for a pretty good university in the States. So we all like kind of like did our own sport, but did it at a very like 
high level. Uh, so growing up, I played like all of them, a bit of tennis, basketball, swimming, just everything. But from a young age, I just, I, I was really good at soccer. No idea why. Like it just, it kind of like I have the software for it or something. Cause um, I was pretty good and it's easy to start liking something that you're good at, obviously. Uh, and also the culture in Colombia, like soccer is so big there. People talk, talk about it. People cry watching the games. Like there's just so much passion that I guess the combination of me being somewhat good at it and this like huge soccer culture that there is, uh, just made it so that I would like just build a passion for it. And my family was also really open to it which i think is some also something that i'm really grateful for i know a lot of girls in other countries and with other situations don't have um that opportunity many many families mm-hmm. I, I think it's gotten better uh but a couple of years ago we could say that a lot of people would wouldn't have had the chance to just freely go and like play soccer with the boys and their families be okay with it so that's also something that I feel like really helped uh, my development. Are you uh, saying it's like a gender thing or is it they just don't want them doing that? They want them to do something else? I think it uh, depends on the country. There's there's some countries where like it's totally a gender thing. Um, and also in many countries, there's not even in Colombia, women's soccer, there's not a lot of opportunities. Um, so I guess parents would prefer their kids to be doing something else instead of like putting their whole life, uh, on like the hands of a soccer team or mm. playing soccer in the long run. But my family was really open to it. And also the fact that I, I went to an American high school in, in Colombia. So I did like basically the same high school that people in the States do. And I was pretty prepared to go to school in the States, uh, knowing gotcha. that they like, Knowing the sports in universities give scholarships and all that stuff, it was kind of like a good opportunity for me to pursue soccer in the sense that it would, like, in the end, give back at least uh, with education. So I think that really helped uh, the whole situation growing up. Yeah, that that's really smart. A lot of times, you know, well, sports, I feel like is one of those things that you can be successful at or you can just chase your entire life and it, like, you know, drain your bank account because it doesn't give you any income. And that can be hard. Anything like with the arts or with anything that a child is passionate about, oftentimes it can be really difficult to convince the parents that this is what they really want to do because the parents are thinking money, like how are they going to support themselves? You know, that's... Yeah, totally. I also had a question going back to, you said you were good at soccer. So this is a random question. Do you believe that there is such a thing as natural talent or do you think everybody can get good at something if they practice enough oh i totally believe that you can be born being good at something um i obviously like i know you can get better and i know anyone can learn to do anything but that doesn't i don't think that i think that (laughs) some people just are a step ahead by nature uh for my the listeners that know about soccer, you watch uh, Lionel Messi play when he was six years old and you see him playing now. And it's really similar. Like, <laughs> it's been basically 30 years and it's really, really similar. Obviously, he has gotten better. He has gotten stronger. He His mental aspect of the game is better. But his technical ability and the way he views, like, the the field 
is really similar from when he was six years old. But then you see someone like Cristiano Ronaldo, who obviously had talent, he's an athlete, but you see how he got better with time, like this past like 10 years. And you see how there's like those two different perspectives that show you that both are possible. But I totally believe that there is a situation where you might just have been born with it. I, I think it's funny because my brother and I have these discussions because he thinks that nobody has a propensity towards something. You just kind of like practice to get better at it. And mm-hmm. I, I, I tend to more agree with you because you have these kids who like play instruments or play sports, mm-hmm. like you were saying, and they're just so good at it. And I, I feel like some people are just born with natural talent towards one thing more than another. And I think this is also where it's really important that we tap into that. So just because like, say for you, your your parents might want you to be an accountant, you're not gonna be a great accountant. You realize that you have this passion for sports and you're gonna go far in soccer, so you wanna go into sports. And I think that's very important for parents to realize and for each of us to realize that we can go towards our passions and be successful in life at that. Yeah, totally. And like the world now is so open to so many things. Like. Who would have thought that, like, a girl could actually, like, go to a different country out of nowhere and just play soccer because that's what she likes to do. Like, it's crazy to think that even, like, 50 years ago, that was not even, like, that was crazy. Yeah. So it was a soccer scholarship that got you into the U.S., right? Yep. So tell me a little bit about (laughs) transitioning from Colombia to the U.S. What were some of the huge culture shocks for you? Well, thankfully, I was pretty, I consider myself to be pretty Americanized by, like, going to school. Like, most of my teachers were American. I literally took, like, AP U.S. history and all that stuff. Like, at one point, I feel like I knew more about America than I did about Colombia. So, I think, in a sense, that was good for me when I went to the States. Even if, like, my daily life changed, I was, I kind of, like, knew what to expect. Uh, Maybe the biggest things that I considered to be, like, different would be well in Colombia family is like a very big thing like not not like your parents and your sister no like your cousins your uncle like all that stuff we're really really close like if you invite the whole family it's at least 20 people and we all kind of like stick together live in the same neighborhoods like no go to the same schools uh and I feel like that's something that I didn't see in the states but I do see that most people are really really close to like their neighbors or like the people that they went to college with, uh, which is something I I guess they're a way of like staying close to people different than what we do in Colombia. Uh, I really think it's, it's special the way uh, people are really close to the people they went to school with. Uh, They kind of like meet every year and like go back to where they went to school and kind of like go through the memories of like the good times in school. So I think that's uh, something like, culturally different um and also soccer i guess is a big uh cultural difference uh, in the states obviously there's a big passion for sports but just not soccer <laughs> it's starting to grow but it, it was hard for me at first to like move to a place where like not all the tvs and the restaurants are playing soccer like that was just so weird for me to like have to look for the specific bar that's playing the specific game i want to watch where in colombia you like literally could go to any restaurant and they're playing the, all the games that are possible at that time. 
That's crazy. Yeah, I know when I've traveled to South America, that's been the biggest thing. It's so funny. You'll have like this open restaurant eatery place, like it's kind of run down and then they have their TV in the corner playing soccer. Like you can barely even see it. it's this tiny little TV. <laughs> Everybody's playing soccer. It's it's great. Well, yeah. did you in Colombia, do you call it football? Football, yeah. Okay. So America's like, like the only of the world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say America's like the only one, and I'm I'm saying soccer because I'm American here. So, um, yeah, but football. <laughs> yeah, no, I say soccer too. I I guess yeah. You're very Americanized. The, Amer the American in me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Has it has it been hard for you living in the U.S. at all, or is there anything you're oh, very? No. The U.S. is not a hard place to live in at all. Coming from a developing country, like. Amazon, like all that stuff, like <laughs> daily life in the States is really, really easy in terms of like, just you have everything you want whenever you want it. Like if mm -hmm. you, if you can buy it, you can have it as like really quickly. Uh, so in terms of like commodities and all that stuff, it's been, it's crazy. Like some of the stuff when I compare it to Colombia is just insane how instantaneous everything could be yeah um and so culturally nice. <laughs> uh it's it's like um obviously there's like america like the u.s is a very big country too mm -hmm. so there's obviously very a lot of differences between states cities like even in the same city in dc like there's two different worlds that yeah. a lot of people don't know about so it obviously changes but just being able to like take the metro or take the bus and like feel somewhat safe is mm -hmm. also a very big thing. Like my parents love that I live there because living in in a, like what I believe is a violent country like Colombia that has had a lot of history with war and there's obvious there's a lot of poverty which obviously brings a lot of violence and you like you can't really walk on the streets. That's not really a thing. Um, yeah. So the states has a lot of like commodities in that sense of like your daily life you can live very i guess calm and like you don't have to be like alert of like everything that's going on all the time uh which has been really really nice obviously like i have different standards i i bet there's some americans that don't agree with me but coming from colombia it it seems it is a very nice place to live and um i really really liked it I, I mean, I think it's very true, like everybody has different perspectives on it, but coming from a place like Colombia, and I can't speak much to Colombia because I haven't been there, but you do realize how much, uh, how nice it is and how many things we have to be thankful for both in America and then now, you know, in Iceland. Mm -hmm. um, just, you know, peace, safety, and yeah, you're going to have problems. Every country does, but I mean, there's so much that uh, I've been thankful for growing up in America, what it has given me. So with your um, with soccer, have you played many games out of country or have you pretty much just played in Colombia and then the U.S.? Um, well, I played a lot inside Colombia. I traveled a lot growing up. Like I would there was a point where I would like spend like a month at home and go to school and then a month like in some random city, just like at a soccer oh, camp wow. practicing. So I got to travel a lot inside Colombia, which I think is really, really important for everyone to like really get to know their country and like travel like your own country before you even think about going anywhere else uh so that was really really special because not a lot of, especially a lot of people from the city like they're 
they're so comfortable in the city. They many times have enough money to like travel outside the country that a lot of them don't like go and like get dirty in the countryside and like go and do all of these like outdoorsy things that you can do um, when you travel around Colombia. So um, thanks to soccer, I was able to do a lot of that. And then also thanks to soccer, I've been able to travel uh, a good amount of places. Uh, in South America, I actually played uh, a under-17 World Cup in Azerbaijan. Oh, wow. uh, at least so that was really really interesting too um i've obviously played in the states like all around a bunch of different states and what else i've been in france too playing um so i i think i've traveled most of my travels have been due to soccer obviously <laughs> so it's a different experience than when you travel i guess with your friends or family and like go on like the hop on hop off tour bus or whatever uh, but it's still, exactly it's a very nice experience to like go with a group of like your friends and kind of like you see when like many times you travel and there's like a group of athletes and it's just like it's, it's a mess like it's a group of like 20 people everyone's so loud and obnoxious and like we're just having a good time half like all the time so that's also a really like nice part about traveling um due to like soccer like being with all your friends and like just laughing the whole time and enjoying it with like people that many times like you change teams you go to a different city and and you're living with them something that's really really special you're like going out on the field and like giving everything you have for each other so when you get to have these like leisure moments and like travel around and see a new place uh you really really enjoy it especially when it's with those people. Yeah, I bet you build a really tight bond with your teammates, especially traveling. Yeah, yeah and it's, it's a different bond. Like, it's, some people would say it's kind of like sisters where, like, you have, your, you have your differences, like, you might fight, you might, like, get into arguments, but in the end, like, you're really, really close. Like, you would do anything for them, and you live through, like, very emotional experiences that really make you, like, really close. Yeah. Um, so what is it like preparing for a game in a different country? Do, is it a little more stressful or do you feel like you're out of your routine a lot or do you kind of just, you know, you have your teammates and you just go out and play? Um, well, I think it's really different. Like the scenario definitely changes a lot. I've been in like pro locker rooms with like huge stadiums and then I've been in like locker rooms that shouldn't even be called locker rooms uh so the scenery does change a lot uh and i guess it depends on the people there's always like on every team there's always like the serious one the one that like plays the music and just dances around the whole time uh the one that has like the routine like set to a t and if like something changes they're gonna mess up uh so i guess it like it's the same vibe the whole time there's always music always so that changes depending on like where you're playing or the culture of the people on the team like that's something that does change the music and it's a very big thing in any locker room the music is huge uh but i guess it depends on on your your routines for me personally i i have a lot of like internal routines in terms of like self-talk and like i like going to like a corner and like stretching by myself for a while so i can basically do that wherever uh so that's been good but it is uh, it is different playing, I guess, an away game in like a locker room that you've never like been in before compared to like your home 
locker room where you feel like you are the boss. Uh, it gives like mm-hmm. a different vibe, I guess. What? Uh, yeah, I can imagine. What position do you normally play, or which I is your favorite? I normally play like a, like an attacking player, like attacking midfielder or forward. Uh, so like the goal okay. score. Yeah, I. <laughs> I always like forward because I feel like I get bored in the back, but forward is hard, man. Like, <laughs> it's so exhausting. It I hate exhausting. being goalie, though. Oh, I can't oh goalie, goalie. I, would, I can. <laughs> Too much responsibility. Yeah, so midfield or forward, wh- why is that? Why do you like that? I don't know. I feel like I'm pretty creative, maybe. Uh, mm. So that's good going forward. Um, just, like, changing the pace. I'm... I'm you have more control. I, 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 I have good control of the ball, so it's it's good for me to be up top. And I'm also somewhat fast, so that helps too. And I'm really, really short, so I, I'm not good in defense because I'm like really, really short in Colombian standards and American standards and Icelandic standards. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> That's hilarious. Have you, have you had any epic wins that are memorable or... Epic wins. Um, well, I've, yeah, I've had some epic games where I I have scored a couple of goals that have been uh, game pretty changing. important. Yeah, I playing for Louisiana State University in 2015. We went to the SEC championship, uh, and there was I think it was the quarterfinals. It was I think it was the quarterfinals where like I scored the two game the two like game-winning goals, uh, which was really nice, especially since I was a freshman. Uh, I was nice. kind of, like, put out there and, like, like yeah, try your best, do what you can, and it actually turned out pretty well. So, <laughs> nice. but I think that's a really good memory because um, I really remember the pain I was feeling in my legs from all the running we had done the whole season. I was It was my first season in college, like, Soccer in the States is so physical. You have to run so much. And in Colombia, you don't, you basically walk the whole time and you're just like good at soccer. <laughs> you're like very technical, but don't run at all. Mm. So, my first season in the States, um, I remember just the pain from all the weightlifting, from all the running. And then that one game where like I scored the game winning goal, um, it was like a good finish for, for that season. Man, what an experience! Yeah. Why Why is it different? Why is it more running in the U.S.? I feel like the way I see it is South America, you have, like, all the technical, like, gurus. Like, you have, like, Ronaldinho and, like, all these people that know how to treat the ball well. Like, they know how to dribble. They know how to, like, put it in the upper right corner every single time. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because they were just, like, we play, like, a fun game. We like creativity. We We like um just making it pretty and like kind of like showing off our moves mm-hmm. um european soccer very tactical very organized like you people really really study the game and like they know what they have to do it in certain times they don't want to make it pretty at all like just do exactly what they told you to do and follow the game plan and then the states it's kind of like i don't know if it's because of the um, influence of maybe basketball and American football where like you have to be like huge athletes be super fast be super strong uh I think maybe that influenced how the game in the U.S. is very physical and they really want you to be more than a soccer player they want you to be an athlete 
so that's how the game I think changes between between those three places um and coming from mm-hmm. Colombia well I literally had not lifted a weight ever in my life and then I got to the states and I had to like do Olympic weightlifting and run like miles and miles so that was a big change too man so what do you do uh for training in between games I guess it depends on your coach and kind of like the moment in the season you're at but when you're in season after games you normally have like a good like recovery session where you do like like not so intense work and then during the week we actually weight lift like two times a week at least um obviously during season it's a bit um like less high volume and less weight Mm -hmm. um just to like keep yourself fast and you know you're not trying to like get stronger during the season you try to like do that during preseason and then there's normally a lot of sessions where where you just like try to get your try to keep your game fitness up so a lot of practices are playing like small sided games and um trying to work on like specific aspects that you want to get better at for the next game so if one game we kind of like sucked at uh defending like the middle of the field then during that week uh we'll try to like clean up stuff that uh went wrong and then personally, I I have been focusing a lot on, on stretching during the past couple of years. I feel like I started doing yoga uh, basically before every practice. I would get there 30 minutes before and really, really like stretch and get uh, my muscles activated uh, doing a lot of, I guess, yoga poses or kind of like what you would do when you go to physical therapy. Mm-hmm. Uh, where it just like activates your muscle and it has really helped me with injuries and with being prepared for games. So personally, that's what I like to focus on in between games, kind of like the recovery aspect of it. Like it, you, you're already fit. You're already, you already know how to play soccer. So I guess the important part at that point is trying to, for your body to be as healthy as it can be for the next game. Yeah. That's awesome. So for somebody right now, my listenership is 56% from the US. <laughs> so for somebody in the US looking at all these sports, you know, football, American football or basketball or soccer, or for anybody, what are some reasons that you you think soccer is an amazing sport to get into? It could be both okay. personally and professionally. Well, first, there's like if you like soccer even a bit, I would try to ride the wave of the momentum that soccer is having right now, especially in the states. Like, soccer's been going on in Europe and in South America for a while, but in the States, it's really, like, getting some momentum, women's and men's soccer. So, I think... After we amazing... won women's. <laughs> <laughs> there's amazing uh, opportunities right now and, like, a lot of uh, development going on with the sport. Um, I know in the States, football and basketball and baseball are, like, really, really big. Like And soccer is sometimes not not as big, especially when you start getting into high school. Um, but I feel like opportunities are coming up and it's becoming like a more well-known sport. And personally, I feel like it's a sport where like you can really, obviously growing up, I felt like I needed a coach, a physical therapist, a trainer, a mental psychologist, uh, the best cleats, the best shoes. But I really feel like it's a sport where like you can do it by yourself. All you need is basically a ball and a wall and you can get really good really good at it just with that like you can and even now with 
so many resources that there's online. You can find anything that you need online. Tra training sessions, examples, uh, tips on how to like be better at certain things. So I feel like it's a sport where you can really, like, if you really, really like it, you can get out there with your ball and just hit the wall a couple of times and get better at it. And that's really going to help your performance and your development. You can really just try to over overwork everyone and, and get to get your goals. So I think that's one aspect of it that I've learned to to appreciate how in many sports um, you need like money to keep getting better at it and you need a lot of gear and stuff here all you really need is a soccer ball and hopefully some training partners because it's always nice to pass around with people and not with a wall <laughs> yeah and the nice thing is you don't have to wear a helmet like in football so <laughs> yeah there's like a lot of good good aspects it's a very simple sport it's yeah. very very simple obviously you need like 11 people to actually play a game an official game but I've, I've all my life i played one-on-ones against my cousin like every weekend all day long for like hours and hours and it's still i you still get better by doing that and you still have so much fun by doing that so it's just a very very simple sport but the passion you get to feel when you when you go to a stadium or when you talk to other people that really know the sport um i think it's something something worth learning and trying out yeah absolutely I've, I've never done it professionally but i love playing it uh yeah just for fun so yeah so you spent some time in the u.s and now you're transitioning to a new chapter how how did that all happen <laughs> how did that all happen yeah it's it's pretty crazy story uh or pretty crazy decision that i made <laughs> yeah uh i've been so i graduated around a year ago and i've been working in dc um for the past year. Um, but throughout all this time, I've been kind of like, do I want to keep playing or not? Um, it's it's kind of like my chance, I'm still young and I really, really enjoy playing. I've been really sad about um, college being over because that was kind of like the end or what people think is the end of, a, of most women that play soccer. And I kept on thinking about it and thinking about it and I'm like, I can't get this out of my head. It must like, I. I have to do something about it. So at the beginning of this year, I contacted an agent. I told him kind of like what I was thinking, what my like goals were. And well, he started contacting teams. Uh, he's helped a lot of other girls um, get professional contracts uh, basically all around the world. And like during COVID, I was practicing and just waiting to see what happened. And one day he calls me and he's like, there's a team in Iceland that's interested. And I'm like, Iceland? Okay. Like, why not? Uh, it, it, it all happened super quickly. I signed the contract one day, and the next week I was already, like, packing my stuff and and traveling here. So um, it, it was kind of like like I, I dove in with no helmet on. I'm, I'm here right now, and I one week ago I was at my desk just working. So it's kind of crazy and the crazy decision that I – made but i'm really really happy to to come here and like other than like play soccer and have my first chance at a professional career just like be in this new country and like travel and get to know a different culture is like it's just like the best of wor both worlds i get to meet new people live in a new place and at the same time spend my days just playing soccer and trying to get better at 
what I what I like and what I hope is my future for the next couple of years. Yeah, I feel like you're still trying to realize what you just did, like what just happened. <laughs> totally. <laughs> like I've been, I, how long have I been here for? Like three days, and like it still it still feels like a dream. Like I, I'm like, you know, in those dreams where you're somewhere and you're like, okay, I'm here. I don't know why. I don't know how I ended up here, but I'm here. That's kind of the feeling I'm having. And I'm hoping in the next couple of weeks when I meet the team and like actually get practicing, uh, I'm going to really feel like this is actually my life and I actually decided to be here. And I'm really, really excited to see what's coming in the next couple of months. Yeah, I'm excited for you. What was your first impression when you landed in like the rain and the cold? <laughs> <laughs> it was it was perfect because it gave me the perfect view of what Iceland is going right. to be on the daily basis. We landed and there was only clouds, like no clear sky at all, rain. It just, it was perfect Icelandic weather. <laughs> awesome. Well, man, I have just thoroughly enjoyed talking with you and I can't believe it's already been 40 minutes. Um, so I'm going to wrap up with the rapid fire facts section. Do you prefer beaches or cities? Cities. What is your favorite airline that you've flown with? Norwegian Airlines. Pretty good. Hmm. Have not flown with them yet. Do you prefer a strict schedule or to go with the flow? I think I am a strict schedule type of girl. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, do you like the window or the aisle seat better? Oh, aisle. All the way. Really? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> uh, Why is that? <laughs> well, I don't love planes. I got you. I'm, obviously, with all the traveling, I got in, got used to it. But looking outside the window was not really pleasant for me. And I love stretching my legs out the aisle. So that makes sense. I, I like is. it. You're the first person who said that, so I was curious. I bet. Uh, do you like traveling in a train or a bus better? Ooh, trains are great. We don't have those in Colombia, so I like I am like a little kid every time I get on the train. Nikon, Canon, or Sony. Um, Ken. Do you prefer group or solo travel? Oh, group. What is the worst food you've ever tried? Worst food? That's a hard one. <laughs> I haven't tried the fermented shark. They say it's right? really, really bad. <laughs> uh, um, do you have a place that you want to live permanently? Hopefully. No, not really. Hopefully in a farm somewhere. I like it. Uh, what is the fav What is your favorite airport that you've flown through? Istanbul. Pretty nice. Really, really cool. Do you prefer Apple or Android? Uh, I guess Apple, yeah. I, I own all my, all my things are Apple, so I guess I prefer <laughs> them. <laughs> nice. Alrighty. Great job. And then my last question that I always like to wrap up with, what makes travel worth living for you? Ooh, um, I guess it reminds yourself that there's like a whole world out there uh, different perspectives and sceneries and traveling kind of puts you in this outside your comfort zone situation where you get to see different perspectives but at the same time that like everyone else is also like living their lives and going through the same ups and downs that you are even if they come from a different place so I guess that's what makes it worth living thank you so much for joining us today if you enjoyed this episode, be sure and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and share this conversation with your friends. 
You can find me on social media at TravelWorthLiving or on the web at TravelWorthLiving.com. I sincerely hope you will join us again next week for another incredible conversation about travel. I'm Seth Sutherland, and this is Travel Worth Living.